Okie dokie, folks. Welcome to the Roots Report podcast, presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by Providence Brewing Company, Rhode Island Blood Center, Newport Playhouse, and Mother Earth Wellness. I am your host, John Fusick. Today, we have singer-songwriter John Gorka. John is a staple of the folk circuit and has been touring for almost 40 years. He is a poignant and prolific songwriter with over 15 albums to his credit with great songs such as Love Is Our Cross to Bear, I'm From New Jersey, and houses in the fields. John Gorka will be performing at the Norman Bird Sanctuary as part of Newport Live on Thursday, August 31st. Time takes almost everything me and time will take my time I look around for things to bring To ease the way down the uphill climb On the bright side of down This side of the ground It's a long way around and around They say that time is slowed by speed But really that's not the way it seems Maybe the key is thoughtful words and deeds To open up the voices of your dreams On the bright side of down This side of the ground along and maybe that will be enough half the distance to the beautiful with some of the many ways to love on the bright side of down this side of the ground it's a long way around and around Right side down, the side of the ground, long way around and around. I've got to live a long, long time for eyes that light up everything they see. Check out early like those friends of mine The faster you go, the less you need The bright side of down This side of the ground It's a long way around and around The bright side of down This side of the ground It's a long way around
Hi, is this John? Yep. So how are you? I'm doing okay. Doing all right. You know, kind of. Uh, this summer has uh, been getting the kids kind of in, settled in their new place. Last week, I moved my son from. Uh, he's a graduate student at uh, UW Madison in Wisconsin. We moved him to Chicago. He's going to finish up his his, his uh, work there. And and last last week, we got our daughter. Oh, this actually this week, we got our daughter to California, where she's going to be going to medical school. Wow! Uh, so getting get, getting all those kind of major major moves in place, and uh, but uh, uh, overall good. Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> it's it's funny just, because I met you probably thirty five years ago for the first time. Uh huh. It was at Stone Soup in Providence, and I think it was uh-huh. I think it was nineteen eighty eight or eighty seven, and you had just yeah. come out with your CD, your first CD. With I know, yeah, your first CD. Did you didn't have have a beard in your first CD? They yeah. Uh, my girlfriend at the time said she you should shave off your beard for your for your CD cover, and I, I did, and then she went away. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that always the case? <laughs> you were a, a single guy back then, and now you're married and have a couple of kids. And yeah, you're... two kids, two kids. Yeah, who are uh, kind of often uh, pretty, pretty grown and off in the world. Wow, yeah. big change. I haven't seen you probably. Oh, I think the last time I saw you, you were at Common Fence, and that was about five years ago i think uh-huh yeah yeah this is, i like that place yeah yeah this is this where you're playing at the norman bird sanctuary is is kind of what has taken over for common fence music because it doesn't really uh-huh. exist in the same uh-huh. fashion it used to it, they don't use the hall right. anymore and it's all different every like everything else everything's changed Nothing yeah everything's changed yeah so, are you in Minnesota now? Is that where you are? Yeah, I've been in I've been in Minnesota since I think I moved here in '96. That's when I got married. I got married in '96, and our son came along a year later, and our daughter in a couple a couple of years after that in 1999. That's a far cry from New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, that's, I say, you know, I, I say I grew up in New Jersey and lived in. Moved to Pennsylvania for I lived in Pennsylvania almost twenty years, and then to move to Minnesota because I couldn't take the Pennsylvania winters anymore. <laughs> you just wanted to really, really go for the the real good winters. That's huh? right. That's right. It's just just too 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 mild. <laughs> so. Uh... Do you still sing your "I'm from New Jersey" song? Oh yeah, I do. That's my, my my most effective introductory song. Uh, I sing that yeah just about every night, and uh, that was in a, used in a movie last year. Um, Kevin Smith's uh, Clerks Three. Oh really? Uh, I haven't the, seen the that third, one yet. Third, it was the third in the. Uh, it, it was only in the theaters for a little while, but it's mostly available on streaming. But it's they play it at the end at the, as kind of as the credits roll and stuff. It's pretty, uh, cause all three of those movies take place in a convenience store in New Jersey. In the any, anyway, it was fun. Fun they they used it. Yeah. Do Do you know Kevin Smith? I've never met him. No. I thought because a lot of times I talk to people and they've had their f- music in a movie and it's because they they know the person. I forget who it was, but I talked to somebody recently and they were friends with Kevin Smith and that was why they had oh, used it. That's fun. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. Of, um, I think he he'd wanted to use it in a in another movie twenty years ago, uh, but um, I'm glad 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 he was able to able to work it out this time, and I got paid and everything. So. Oh, that's even so, better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when I met you, 
it was your first time at Stone Soup, I think. It was you're just coming out. You were just kind of new on the folk scene. Uh, yeah. Relatively new. I mean, you've been playing music, but you're relatively new in the folk scene. And I remember I right. the first time I saw you, I was really blown away by your music. I got your CD, and I still have that CD. And it's still probably one of the, the better folk CDs I've ever gotten because every song on there is really good. It's a, one of those oh, CDs thanks. that's great. You've got the the branching out song which is a great song i love that song and you know good for kids yeah yeah well it's just a fun song for everybody to sing to i mean love us across the beer is probably one of the most beautiful songs i've ever heard that's yeah that's what i'm i'm very happy with that one that one that one's that's one i played usually i end the night with that song yeah that's a that's a beautiful song and then you have the the very you know you always have a you have a, a very amazing skill for putting very quirky lines into very <laughs> serious songs and like your i saw a stranger with your hair i tried to yeah, make her give it right. back that's that's line right. has always stuck with me as one of the most amazing lines to put into a, a very serious and love song and you that just right. one line is just it's just you just kind of roll your eyes of like what what was that? This yeah, is, this is a yeah, beautiful love yeah. song. But that's it, a, that, that's kind of oh go ahead. No, it works. I mean, it's it's an amazing. Uh, uh, it, you have a talent for that, which is really great. Oh, uh, oh, thanks. Well, that's funny. That's one of those ones where you know I tried to tell this person how I felt about her, and uh, you know I didn't want it to be too you know uh, overwhelm somebody so i kind of started out with a little joke and by the end of the song it's pretty serious and often you know if, if a song begins and uh ends in a different tone then the the then it starts with i like, go back and fix the beginning but with that one i didn't i did not feel the need to do that and also that one works well as you know going from like a funny song to a serious like to a totally serious song hmm. it's a good transition it's a great song i mean that whole album is great and i i I followed your career for the, you know, for the first few years I was an ardent fan and then I got tied up with life and my own musical mm -hmm. career and, you know, yeah. things that were going on with that. We actually did a couple of gigs together back in the early 90s when you played in this area, we played together. Mm -hmm. So I kind of lost track with folk stuff and kind of got yeah. shifted around and like everything, you know, but I, I you know, sure. when I have a chance, I still go out and see you when I, when you're around. Unfortunately, this time I have a gig the same night as you. So I won't be able to come to the show, which is disappointing because I'd a like good to problem, see. Though. Yeah, I mean, I, I find that a lot when I'm when I'm talking to people. It's like I'm like, yeah, great. I'm, you know, they say, oh, come, come, say hi at the show, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then I look at my calendar. I'm like, shit, I can't. Yeah, go. I have my own yeah. gig. So, do you play in a band as well as solo? I do. I uh, I do. Uh -huh. I do a bunch of various you know incarnations i do my solo original stuff with you know like you do mm -hmm. and record and stuff and then yeah I have, then i play the cover stuff you know to just to do mm -hmm. stuff and then i have a tribute band i have a neil young tribute band that i play in oh that's neat so you know i'm always playing some fashion so it you know it keeps you busy yeah but you know there's a lot yeah. of people i i would like to see and i don't always get a chance to go see them so it's unfortunate in that but um we have we have friends in common too well we had we had one poignant friend in common was jack hardy oh yeah yeah jack, jack. yeah jack was uh he was really something he was as somebody who took an interest in other other songwriters you know he encouraged me when i needed encouragement the most jack was great i mean he was a good friend of mine and I did a lot of gigs with him over the years, and it was kind of funny mm -hmm. is that um, we were actually dating sisters at one time. We were dating two sisters. She was dating one of the sisters, I was dating the other sister, and I'd spent a well. couple 
couple of nights up at his house in uh what was the name of that town uh calicoon calicoon yes yeah Mm -hmm. fucking calicoon we spent a couple of nights up there and you know used to come down here and he played with a friend of mine his bass player uh was a friend of mine Mm -hmm. uh, you know and and back when we started the rhode island songwriters association he was part of the uh the forming of the critique sessions because he used to have those Mm -hmm. critiques at his his uh, apartment in greenwich village i'm sure you went you went Mm -hmm. to those didn't you oh yeah yes he was he, he was the first person I met who wrote songs on a schedule. Really inspiring to me. In college, I, we had a kind of a semi-traditional bluegrass band called the Razzy Dazzy Spasm Band. And the first time I did an opening act at Gottfried Daniels, which became my kind of my home club in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, was in June of 79. And uh, it was with uh, Russ Rantler, who was the mandolin player in the Razzy Dazzy Spasm Band. And that, that I remember that talking with him and just being knocked out that he, he could have so much, you know, so many good original songs in such a, you know, short amount of time, you know, have a, a, using a, you know, a song a week, his, his schedule was a song a week. And I thought that I could never, you know, I, could, I said, I, I just, mainly wait for inspiration to strike and he said uh oh that's a cop-out he said if you if you if you work it put yourself on a schedule and you work at it you're going to come up with uh better songs you know more songs and better songs you'll get developed faster because you you know you're exercising the writing muscles so i i, I put myself on a i figured i could once a week was too ambitious so i i, I tried to go with like one song a, a month and i after the first year i had like 16 songs, so I went to two songs a month with you know the deadlines in the middle of the month and at the end of the month, and that that I kept on that for a long time before having kids. Yeah, he was uh, he was good. He was you know especially with the fast folk stuff. We uh, I know you were on a fast bunch of a couple yeah. of editions. I was only on one. I was on one mm-hmm. one edition of Fast Folk, but that publication recording, you know, so many good people were involved in that. It's amazing if you look at the the uh, the alumni who are on Fast yeah. Folk. It's amazing. Yeah, very inspiring bunch of people, you know, and it was like, I, I was kind of, I, I lived in Easton, Pennsylvania, and I, I considered myself kind of an outpatient of that kind of <laughs> the Fast Folk scene. You know, about, it was like an hour and 20 minutes to the Holland Tunnel from my the place that was known as the Blues Palace in in Easton. You had a song and, uh, about that too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, it was kind of about that. Yeah, yeah. but it was you know it was, it was fun to be a part of you know cause not living there. I, I didn't really get uh, kind of involved in the politics of the scene, so you know I I was inspired by everybody, mm. and I didn't realize this person didn't like that person. That <laughs> that's that's that kind of thing. That so goes it was, it was really uh, Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And you know, it was an inspiring. Uh, you know, it was it was like by the time we realized there was a scene, it, it, it was gone. Did you write Jack's Crows about that? Was that what Jack's Crows was about, or am I oh, wrong that's, about that? uh, that's one of the. I think that's one of the. Uh, I, I know people have interpreted it being entirely about that, but it, he, that's definitely one of the. He's definitely one of the Jacks in there. And an important, important Jack to me. He's very, he's really charismatic, and uh, he's like a, I think he he could, he talked about himself as kind of like a a general, you know, <laughs> with, with uh, a command presence, and uh, he was he was also kind of a little bit on the polarizing side mm. of things. Yeah. But uh, I, I always got along with him, and and I loved being around him. Well, he had a, a he had different a definite you know opinion of things. He asked me to actually yeah. manage him at one time, and I tried to. 
I tried to help him with management because I was doing a lot of promotion and stuff at the time. And he mm-hmm. just, I, he didn't really want to, he wanted me to handle it. And he wanted me to do promotion and stuff for him. I made him this big promotional piece. This is back when printing yeah. was still big and, you know, did all this stuff and was going to, you know, we went to Folk Alliance together and did some stuff. But yeah. he just really didn't want to play the game at all. Right. He was adamant about not wanting to play the game. And it was kind of hard to, you know, market him because oh, he, yeah. he wondered why he couldn't people didn't know him and I was like well you got to you got to market yourself you've got your material is great I love his music but he wasn't yeah I mean right. he was he was like an underground legend you know yes and yeah it was fun I used to it was I used to get these phone calls from him and it's like I hear Mr. Fusat <laughs> <laughs> That's funny Yeah it's the funny conversations I had but Anyway, yeah, that's we have that in common, which is kind of cool. That because not a lot of people even know who Jack is, and it's nice to be able to talk to somebody about. Yes. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Who's? I I I, I thought he was, I thought he'd always be around. You know, I, I when I was a real shock when I heard that he was gone. Yeah, it was it was yeah. uh, it was tough. Another person. I mean, this is another person who, personally for me, and I know he gave you a chance back in the early nineties too. Was Bob Jones who just passed away the other oh, day? Oh yes, yeah, just passed the other day. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to hear the news. Yeah, that yeah. Was, I was, that was I was thinking one. about him. Yeah, because he. I mean, yeah. he played Newport. Right. I, what was it? Ninety one. I think you played. <laughs> First, first time was in '88. Oh, was it back then? Yeah, for, for yeah, first time was '88. I remember I wore a white suit and I kind of, I did a, a shared a set with uh, Sean Colvin. Oh. We did some songs together, uh, but um, yeah, that was that, that was first time. I remember the, the year you played the the year that I I started going like '89, I think. And mm-hmm. the year that you played, you had just done Austin City Limits, I think, or was going to do oh, Austin. Oh, 90, early, 92 or something? Maybe yeah, something 90, like that. Yeah, 91 or 92, something Because like. Jeff Bartley was playing with you. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you play with him anymore? Uh, no, we've, we've been in touch. Uh, mostly I've been playing solo in the last bunch of years, uh, other than the kind of the, the group shows, the... Uh, Red Horse and On a Winter's Night, but yeah, but yeah, I've been in touch. Uh, he's a great guy. He used to stay at his house in in uh, off of Central Square in uh, Cambridge. Great guitar player. Right, right, yeah. You've gone from you know your regional to national to now you play all over the world, right? A little bit more, yeah. And you in Europe, uh, the Netherlands mainly, and uh, and then a little bit in Germany and played in lithuania a couple times that's kind of kind that's a different kind of place to play yeah yeah that's one of the things that jack yeah. was always big at he always did very well in europe yes yeah he had a big following in yeah. europe and then he'd come back here and nobody would know who he was which was yeah yeah yes yeah he should have been better known as uh, i think i've got a, i think i've got all of his recordings there's a think uh, there was a box set and I, but I think I've got I think I've got just about everything he put out. He gave me some bootlegs of his own recordings. <laughs> uh-huh. He gave me like some I think I got a, like uh demo copies of one of the last CDs he did. One of the things I re- recall about you is and I know it, you're probably still this way to a degree is that you're always very shy in person. Oh yeah. And I remember when I was talking to you, even on stage, you were kind of shy. And but you used to have this. The last time I saw you, you sat down and played. But when I used to see you originally, you would stand up and play, and you would just plant your feet firmly. And it was like you were very rigid when you played, and you and you had red, <laughs> and you always had red shoelaces on. <laughs> yeah, I remember had the the kind of black uh, Sears diehard shoes and with red laces. Right. And uh, but. 
but uh, I still shyness and social awkwardness. That's still a major problem, you know, and and uh, it's still the reason why I write songs because I don't feel like I can express myself the way I would like to. Uh, it's gotten a little bit better on stage because <laughs> I've kind of adapted deficiencies uh, to to <laughs> uh, for for uh, for entertainment values. I think that it actually is easier on stage. People think being on stage is hard, but I think it's actually easier because I I can understand yeah. that because I'm not. I try to compensate for social awkwardness and you know yeah but i you know on stage i'm much better in person i can be a little like standoffish and stuff but in per in stage i'm much better yeah yeah you can control things a little bit better you know i think you you kind of you maybe you know at least uh you can tell your story you know right. and uh so that's that's nice to be able to do that and, and to have have a sound system to talk over is also <laughs> also an advantage <laughs> you know you know who's very similar is james taylor he's very much the same way in person he He's very shy and kind of awkward in person when you meet him, like on a one-on-one -on -one thing. And mm -hmm. he's kind of the same that's way, neat. which I which I was surprised at. I've met him a couple of times, and oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, I've never met, never gotten to meet him. Livingston a bunch of times. Yeah, I've played with him a few and, times. And, and, and his sister Kate. Yeah, I, I haven't played with Kate, but I've played with Liv uh, a bunch of times. Now you mentioned the Razzy Dazzy Spasm Band. It, Rich and Chanel yeah. was in that band. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was a, a year or two younger than us, the rest of us. But he li lived in the same dorm. Oh, really? As I did uh, in on South Campus in Moravian College. And I graduated in 1980. I'm not sure. I think he might have gone to Hobart or somewhere. He might have, I think he went to a different school after that. Hmm. Finished up there. You you and I are about three years apart because you just turned sixty five or going to turn sixty five. Yeah, I just I just turned sixty five uh, last month. At this point, we're in the same age bracket. Yeah. Do you have any intentions of retiring? Uh, I think I figured I'd probably be retired by my health or or the audience or the lack <laughs> the lack of it. <laughs> but I I mean I still like playing and I, I'm glad glad to have the work I've got. Hoping this you know there'll be some a new normal that'll emerge. You know. I, I was mostly playing, and even this year, if it's indoor show, asking the audience to mask. Hmm. So, uh, but that that can't, can't that can't be forever. So uh, next year, I think it'll be more back to to the usual kinds of things, and um, hopefully, you know, some of the places have closed. And uh, yeah, I found that too. That was a hard thing. Yeah, not being yeah. able to go back because they're not there. So. Which is right. Yeah, you can go back, but you, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's strange. So you know, it's just kind of adapting to whatever this new, the new world is going to be be, and uh, you know, trying to make the best of it. I, I, I feel lucky. You know, that's mainly I, these days. I just feel uh, lucky well. that I get to get to do this and i mean a lot of folk artists are still out there playing i mean judy collins is out there still doing it and she's 80 something and yeah tom rush is out there and i mean yeah i mean ringo Starr is 82 83 and he's doing jumping jacks at the end of his show so that's great uh that's really great you could probably play for as long as you want to it's just that you know whenever i talk to these people I find that the performance is the easy part. It's the traveling that's the bitch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean. That's that. Yeah. That's the the harder part. You know that uh, the uh, routing isn't always ideal, or uh, you know, there's long long travel days. And but uh, you know it's uh, trying to just hang in there. And fortunately, the turnouts have been good. At you know at the shows, even though there's less of them. 
mm. in, the, in the last, you know, during the pandemic. But uh, but the turnouts have been really good, so that's encouraging. Uh, well, so I mean, I was surprised that you were available tonight because I figured you would have had a show at you know on a Friday. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, nice to be home. Nice to be doing the kind of getting the kids settled and stuff and then uh now hopefully things will get a little bit busier next year that's what i'm 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 looking more towards next year to have to get playing more but it's nice to be at home too i saw you have dates already into august of 2024 some alaskan cruise yeah that's that's the first time i'm doing one of those i just heard about it it sounded like a a doable thing play play a few shows What is true in time? What is true in time? Does it really change with every season? Or is it always fixed and bound to reason? What is true in time? What is true in time And the words I used to think were mine Come back to me in another's lines Yesterday comes back in rhyme Yesterday comes back in rhyme Yes, I look around and often find The past is either here or close behind I look ahead and I could swear there was a path Now nothing's there This crumpled map's too hard to read It seems that time just picks up speed Seems that time just picks up speed If we find love in time There's room for yours and mine If what is true can change with every minute Then how can we believe or have faith in it? I can sing long enough and make each song a song of love Then maybe every song comes true True in time True in time Let's uh let's just talk a little bit about some songs that uh David David sure. David's another one that I've, yeah, yeah. I've done a gig with him and I've known him. I used to see him quite a bit at Folk Alliance. Uh, yeah. Back well you used to be represented by Fleming Tamulevich. Now you're just David. Right. David. Mm-hmm. Right. Kind of it's kind of funny because I, I don't know if you'll find this funny, but I find it funny is that Jim Fleming is married to my ex girlfriend. <laughs> is that right? Wow. <laughs> How about that uh, it's just the folk world it's the way the folk world used to be you know we all knew each <laughs> other world and, yeah. yeah anyway he sent me three of your songs he sent me mennonite girl true in time yeah. and bright side of dawn now i when Check i go back down, and yeah. uh, 
Do you want to talk about any of those songs? Yeah, Bright Side of Down was a, uh, the title song of a, a record that came out uh, a while ago. And um, you know, it mentions kind of about uh, kind of getting older, but also having kids and wanting to be around Bright Side of Down, the side of the ground. Yeah, so that's kind of trying to get, get along as uh, as you're in, in your older years. And it talks about the... I mentioned the kids in there. Uh, I've got to live a long, long time for eyes that light up every, everything they see. That's the kids. Yeah, I can't check out early like those friends of mine. The faster you go, the less to, the less you need. And that's um, well, that's, that goes into that, that idea of feeling lucky. You know that not not all my friends are here, so I'm lucky to be here, and also feel lucky to have have kids that still like a <laughs> like a, their parents. <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah, my son plays plays music and he's I know he's trying to you know trying to make his way trying to do some demos and stuff like that and uh trying to make his way way in this world which is it's a difficult I guess it's always been difficult to kind of make your way in the music business now now it seems with the streaming thing that where it doesn't pay it's 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 hard you know I, I, I meant, so there's a mention that you you said you had like uh, three three albums worth of material, but you weren't sure about making CDs anymore. And, mm. and I feel I feel the same I feel the same way. I have a friend of mine who's who's literally like we were doing a gig and she handed me a pile of her CDs and I'm like, what do you want me to do? And she goes, I don't care. I just took a box of them and threw them in the trash the other day. I'm like, don't do that. Well, but I mean, she's like, yeah. I mean, she's like, I got a basement full of them. What am I going to do with them? And it's just nobody buys yeah. them. So it's like, you wonder what you're going to do as far as, because we have the thought of making a CD as a, as kind of a, a piece of art that's a package. Right. Not, now people are just thinking of the three minute, you know, three, four minute song that's the package as opposed to, right. we created a compilation of a work that was worked yeah. together and a theme and culmination of a project. And, you know, the whole, the whole album experience, I think, is gone because, you know. Yeah, it's very, very different. So, but it's still, I would still like to, uh, I still like the ideas, uh, you know, like a, of a collection of songs that go together and. Go from go go from one to the next. You know, it's very very strange now. With uh, was it? I think it was uh, Taylor Swift who asked her to have her when people would stream the album that it would be streamed in the order of that it was you know conceived the uh, the sequence uh, where the sequence yeah is is the way you know that she conceived it. Uh, anyway, well, I don't think anybody uh, really can comprehend the amount of time that you put into sequencing an album. Another thing too is because the flow of the songs is very important, right? And people don't seem yeah, to understand the, the, that they just put it on shuffle and it's like I'll listen to it how i want to listen to it right yeah and and then the number of you know you always would want to have the number of seconds going from one to the next you wouldn't want it to be too quick or, or too too late right, for, right. The, for the next song coming in but that's you know bob feldman was always really from red house who ran red house records was always really good at, at uh, sequencing records and that whole idea but yeah that's it's very different now it's it's uh I know I don't listen to music the way I I used to, I used to l listen in rental cars, but so many rental cars do not have uh, CD players. Right, you know, right. So you know, it's I was thinking about it too. You you really came to prominence during the early '90s, as that's when you got your biggest yeah. push, and that that was a big folk boom back then. There was like a resurgence in folk around that. Sean Colvin had picked up with you know yeah. Steady On, and you know Michelle Shocked was and 
pretty big. Yeah, and, Tracy Chapman's yeah, Tracy record Chapman. and Nancy Griffiths. That was really a big push of the singer-songwriter. And, yeah. you, know, you know, we talked about the Newport Folk Festival earlier when you played it. I don't even yeah. think they have, like... Unless, you know, it's James Taylor who shows up with his guitar to fill something in. I don't think, I think they mostly have like bands now. And it's like the solo singer songwriter mm -hmm. is people have the patience for it a lot of times when that's what I like, mm -hmm. because that's what I do. I want to mm -hmm. hear, I don't want to be uh, buried in, in sound. I want to hear the lyrics and, you know, a yeah. lot of times you can't even hear them with bands. Yeah, the one the one instrument, one voice thing is something I always liked and just how the, how the song was put together. I feel lucky that there was a time, you know, when the window opened up to reach a lot of people, because that's kind of sustained me, you know, for for the last three decades or so. Like I said, I saw you the first time thirty five years ago, and here you are thirty five years later, still doing it. And yeah. You're doing it, and in, you you have a you have a steady following, which is a good thing, which is hard to yeah. to really garner these days. I think anybody starting out right. these days would get frustrated very easily because I honestly don't think people who are younger than us have the 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 willpower or the the stamina or the drive to actually push through a lot of the shit that we had to go through as early songwriters. You know, proving out there, and, proving ourselves. And it's very it's also very difficult. I mean, back then there was. There were record companies, there were record stores, every local paper had a record reviewer, so there right. was, people could find out about you. You know, sometimes through, through radio airplay, which was kind of rare then, uh, but well, still a lot of made a big difference. Back then. Yeah. And that, that mm -hmm, was, a, right. that, you could get a lot of airplay from college radio and those kind of stations. Now, college radio stations want to be like the the farm team of the popular local stations so they can get a job when they get out of college you know yeah that's it's also that um so much of it is pay to play now there's record companies <laughs> payola is legal now uh so you know so it's 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 very very di different world it's it, it's one of those things where i hope that now people can find a way to uh, to keep you know. There, I always think of that Jackson Brown line that uh, you you've got to do what you can just to keep your love alive and try right. not to confuse it with what you do to survive. And I mean that's what I feel. Um, and I, I think I'm encouraging my son. You know, just the business is terrible, <laughs> uh, but the, if you can if you can you know keep keep in touch with the music and because that's that's something. That's, something special and if you can keep that uh, i remember that with with people who were going to school for music and they the courses and the study began to hate it and that was just seemed so unfortunate that people would you know would come to hate music and because music something special well i understand because i actually started as a music major in college i, I felt like a math major it was mm -hmm. so complicated and i just couldn't couldn't even fathom all this stuff and it was taking it was making music very clinical as opposed to artistic mm -hmm. and so i dropped out of it because i just didn't want to get turned off by it yeah if it makes you i mean that's the thing that's the thing uh, uh it's called playing the instrument you're playing your instrument you right. got to keep some fun in, involved to keep uh not, you're not working your instrument you're playing it you know you, and there's you no know, various certain kinds of music require virtuosity and require that kind of studiousness but uh I got into music after, by the time I realized that I was interested in playing music, which, you know, kind of college, you know, that most of the people had been, had learned to read to music since the fourth grade. Mm -hmm. So there was no real avenue for me. So I, I, I'm mostly self-taught, you know, and, I, and there's uh, lots and lots I don't know. And I, that's one of the things I did during the pandemic. I took a couple of, uh, 
online music theory courses and just to, to fill in the, the enormous gaps in my knowledge about music. But, you know, there's one thing, there's Nadia Boulanger, I think her name is. Mm-hmm. She was a, a, a teacher and taught uh, a lot of various well-known composers. One of the things she said, to study music, we must learn the rules. To create music, we must forget them. Right. Yeah. So that's, the you know, just being able to... Uh, but I, I like learning a little bit about the, the music theory steps just so I could talk to other musicians and, and kind of, it, you know, just trying to see how how chords are formed and how they go together. And that, that's, that's, that's interesting to me. Hey, I, I wish I had the patience to do that now because I would like to know all the technical aspects of it now and because I understand that statement very well because I ended up going to school as an art major and learned all the mm-hmm. rules of art. And I learned that once you learn the rules of art, then you can break them. Right. You had yeah, to learn Picasso them. said something like that. Yeah. yeah, you had to learn them first in order to... Before you could color outside the lines, you had to learn to color inside the lines. And right. That well. Yeah. I wish I could knew the ins and outs of music because it would it would be helpful in composing songs and such where I know uh, where I should go when I'm doing a chord change if it's the right you know yeah the right chord for that key and it's just you know unfortunately I don't but I just wing it now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's difficult to try to figure out what what's the next step. You know, it's what's it, where where your next step needs to be. Mm-hmm. So that's it's, it's, if you have somebody who's a teacher who's so far ahead of you, they may not be able to bring you to the next step because they're they, that's something that was so far in their past. Right, right. But uh, you know, sometimes it's best to learn just from somebody who's just a little bit knows just a little bit more than you do. So let's uh, move on to this next song, "True in Time." I'll just talk. Yeah, re- yeah "True in Time." Yeah, that's the title song of uh, uh, my most recent CD. It's, it came out in 2018. And it's a song I wrote with uh, Pete Kennedy of the duo The Kennedys. Oh yeah, I know them. I'll tell you how it came about. When Carrie Carrie Fisher died, her mom Debbie Reynolds died the next day, and and I put a thing on Facebook. You know, no, I would not give you false hope on this strange and mournful day, but a mother and child reunion is only emotion away. Paul Simon. A Paul Simon song, and and Carrie Fisher used to be married to Paul Simon. Right. In any case, put that, that comment, that lyric up, and Pete Kennedy said, you know, true in time. Maybe maybe all songs come true in that, I think that's what he said. Maybe all songs come true in time. Then he said, true in time. That sounds like a... <laughs> That sounds like a, a song. So we cl- collaborated on the lyrics over over the uh, internet, and then I, I came up with the chords and the melody and ran ran them by him, and he said said that was okay, <laughs> and then uh, ended up ended up recording recording it. Yeah. So nice. it's, this one of those. It's got more complicated chords in it, but it's you know it's one of those things where you have the melody first, and then you find the chords to fit. You know, so that you're not kind of if you can do that. That's some. That's a good way of you know if you can come up with a a tune that you can whistle or hum, and then you could, you know, find the chords for it afterwards. Um, and so this last song, Mennonite Girl, that's a... Yeah. I expected a quirky song, but I didn't really hear any quirkiness in that one. That one sounded... Yeah, just... no, that was that was kind of a straight-ahead love song. Yeah. The same as... Uh, it was written about the same person that I wrote Love Is Our Cross to Bear about. Oh, really? Yeah. I, my wife is a, is a poet. When she heard that the Mennonite Girl song, maybe I don't know if you wanted to say that say this after the after you play the song she said oh have you uh, uh, have you heard my poem about the amish boy <laughs> uh, so 
So uh, anyway, so that's uh, so I don't write that kind of song anymore. But that's 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 who that song was about, and it was it was straight ahead kind of a, a kind of love song, and trying to put it in, in the form of like a folk song. And uh, also, uh, Jonathan Brooke does some uh, beautiful uh, harmonies on, on that recording. She she moved to uh, Minneapolis not not too long ago, so she's not too far away. A lot of people like I, I notice a lot of people are moving to locations that are not where you would think they would be. Um, it's just if they have an airport next to them, they're good. Right. Yeah. Yes. I'm close enough. Uh, close enough. To, Minneapolis is a is a hub, so that's that helps. There's a couple of songs that I just. I just remember some of the quirky lines, and it was that Semper yeah. Fi song. How the you used to use yeah. Semper Fi, Fee Fum, Fo Fum, Fee Fo Fum, right? Yeah. Did you, did anybody ever there. give you a hard time about that? I was wondering, like any lines. Uh, no, not not that I. Uh, it was a song about my dad, and I, I never meant it as you know, kind of uh, playing with the language and. As I tend to do, and uh, I think oh, I love know, it. It's a great. I it, love the yeah. take on it. It's just that you know how people are sometimes. They're so like, right. Oh yeah, steadfast. I, you I'm, don't I'm touch not, things. You know. Right. I'm not sure. I, I've not. Nobody said to, said that to me, but I, I guess that's possible. And you know, you know, the songs can the lyric can stay exactly the same, but the world changes and and the meaning and the meaning changes. Right. Right. You know, and sometimes with uh, yeah, that happened with the where the bottles break. Oh song. yes, I know that song. Uh, Songs that I re- I remember, Prom Night in Pigtown. I mean, that's a great yeah, song. Mm-hmm. I love that song. But one of the songs that I like is one of my favorite songs that you wrote is uh, Raven in the Storm. That was always one of my oh, favorites. Oh, yeah, yeah, with, with Jeff Bartley, yeah. yeah. You were very inspirational for me when I saw you at Stone Soup that night back in the eighties and because I oh, was just well, I was just getting going doing my thing back mm-hmm. then. I started a little bit late because I was working and I was, you know, I started playing guitar in my early teens and writing Mm -hmm. songs and such. But because of situations like jobs and girlfriends, I didn't play out because I didn't pursue it because I was dissuaded from doing so by them. So it wasn't until Mm -hmm. those those situations ended that I started, you know, pursuing things. And that's when yeah. I started going to Stone Soup, and you were one of the first artists mm-hmm. that I saw doing that. In fact, I think I, I might have actually have seen you because I think my friend Barb Schloff may have opened for you back then. Uh huh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, no, Barb. Now, yeah, now that I think of it, that's probably the reason I actually went to yeah. that show because I didn't know who you were, and I was yeah. friends with her and. I went to go see her play, and you were playing, yeah. and I was really blown away by your music. But yeah, see, that's that's where opening acts come in. They used to anyway. We, right. You know, uh, she's the one who made me come to your her show to introduce me to you, and 35 years later, I'm still a fan. So that's you know. Oh, all thanks. Yeah, like I said, you know, I feel uh, I, I'm one of the lucky ones. You know, I, I got to got a chance to do this. You know, for for a living for a long time, and I. I imagine I can. <laughs> my health is good, so I can uh, I can keep on keep on going. Well, hopefully and, uh, you go into Johnny Mathis, eighty-eight year old territory. Yeah, I love that. I, it was one of those things. Was uh, recently I, I thought uh, I thought of that line um, that comedian. It's an old joke that if I known I'd, I'd have lived this long, I would have taken better care of myself. Yes, I heard that one. And, and, <laughs> And and that, that's I feel like I'm 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 on the young side of old, so I can I, I so I'm trying to get myself into 
in a shape that, that I can I can uh, go go for a long time and still and be healthy for a long time and, and, and able to to play shows and stuff. So that's kind of my my training these days. Well, I hope you do, and uh, I hope that you're you know you got at least another twenty years in you. And uh, that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you're going to be at. Con- uh, I wanted to say common facts. You're going to be at the Norman Bird Sanctuary, part of Newport Live on August 31st. It's a Thursday night. Yeah. It's a great place for a show. And if you're a fan of yours, you definitely want to see the show because... Come on. Yeah, come on down. But if you've never heard them, hopefully somebody listens to this and they get inspired to come up. Like I said, 35 years ago, I went to see a friend of mine play and saw you play and have been a fan ever since. So hopefully they'll hear your music on this and they'll come down and... Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I've been looking at all the people you've had on your podcast. You have a lot of great, great, great people. So that's really fun. I'm looking forward to doing some more listening. Well, thank you you very much and uh thank you for doing the podcast and hopefully i'll see you somewhere down the line good luck with your music uh like jack hardy used to say he used it and his the the sessions at his place in uh grandish village you say you say don't forget to write all right john well thank you very much and uh i'll yeah, talk to you again glad to talk with you Once I loved a Mennonite girl And for a while she was my whole world I think of her when the swallows fly As I make my way to the by and by I did right and I did wrong I met her far Far from my home When the northern lights I first kissed her hair She stole my heart And she kept it there I roamed again I did ride A hollow man Who ached inside Love seems to come From outside time Well, I knew love when she was mine I lost her to another place Another's arms, another's face I made a vow right there and then To never let love go again Chasing dreams Seeking gold I was a young man Now I'm old I learned one thing To be sure You can't find gold And lose something more I never learned The Mennonite ways She's in my heart For all my days I wish her peace I wish her love I wish her easy with the run I 
Once I loved a Mennonite girl And for a while she was my whole world I think of her when the swallows fly As I make my way to the by and by I think of her when the swallows fly Okie dokie. Thanks to John Gorka for being part of this episode of the Roots Report podcast. John Gorka will be performing at the Norman Bird Sanctuary as part of Newport Live on Thursday, August 31st. For more, don't cry for help. Just head over to newportlive.org. The Roots Report podcast is presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by Providence Brewing Company, Rhode Island Blood Center, Newport Playhouse, and Mother Earth Wellness. Thanks for listening. Thank you.